I was praying, I couldn't get away from this story. It's found in Mark chapter 5. And it's this, it says, A large crowd followed and pressed in around Jesus. Jesus had been performing miracles. People had seen Jesus perform miracles. Right before this, they'd seen him cast out demons in a man and send those demons into a lot of pigs. They'd seen the miraculous and the renown of Jesus had been spreading. And the crowds were beginning to follow him. A large crowd follow and pressed in around him. And a woman was there who had been subject for bleeding for 12 years. Anybody been going through anything for a few years? Anybody else besides me been struggling with some stuff for a few years? Anybody else been crying out to God for a miracle for a few years and you're getting weary and you're getting tired and you just need to hear from Jesus today? She'd been subject to bleeding for 12 years. She had suffered a great deal under the care of many doctors and had spent all she had had. She had nothing left. She'd spent it all. Yet in the midst of doing all that, she was still not getting better. She was actually getting worse. When she heard about Jesus, oh, I'm gonna start preaching here in a minute. I said, when she heard about Jesus, she came up behind them. Can you picture this in your head? Picture it. Don't, don't, don't just listen to the story. Picture this in your head. There's a crowd surrounding Jesus. They'd seen the miraculous happen. They were all crowding around him, just trying to get a glimpse of him, just trying to see this teacher from this nowhere town, this carpenter who was performing these miracles. And she saw Jesus. And when she heard around him, she came up behind him and touched his cloak. Because she thought to herself, if I could just touch his clothes, I would be healed. If I could just get a glimpse of Jesus, if I could just get a touch from Jesus, if I could just see this Messiah, I could be healed. Verse 29, immediately her bleeding stopped and she felt in her body what she had been free, freed from. And she was freed from her suffering. So here's the tension I see in this passage as we, as we read the Gospels. And I've, I can't get out of the Gospels. I can't get, a, get, rid, get out of Acts. I just keep staying there because I'm seeing these miracles happen. And, and what I see is this tension that is built within us in our North American church. And it's this tension between evaluation and expectation. And I just got to tell you today that expectation is greater than, can you say it? Evaluation. Expectation is greater than evaluation.
Here's what I see in this story. I see somebody that was so desperate for Jesus. Somebody that wanted and needed healing so badly that she knew the only place that she could get it was Jesus. And what tends to creep into our hearts, maybe it's just me, maybe it's just me today that struggles with this, that I come to services and I say things like, I wonder if church is gonna be good today. I wonder if the band's gonna be any good today. I wonder if fusion's gonna be any good today. And we put it through this lens of evaluation of our past things. Like, I hope the speaker's good. I hope the band's good. I hope people come ready. And I wonder what would happen if we just took off the lens of evaluation for the next 36 hours and became expectant that the presence of God was gonna move in this house. Because don't miss this. Look, 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 look right here. Don't miss this. Don't miss this. Look at me, look at me. Every eye, every eye in this place, look at me. When we come in with the spirit of evaluation, we become the judges of humanity. When we come in, we let leadership creep in and discipleship walks out. We begin to look at these things and we say, man, man, if, well, I, th I, I think it's pretty good. I think it's, I think it's okay. And it puts all the pressure on what happens in the room. But when we walk in expecting God to move, we put the expectation on the one that can handle our, our hurts and our pain and our expectations. And he's the one that can take all of that. And guess what? Just a touch of his rope. Just a single encounter with him. Just a single encounter with Jesus will change your life. but it's gonna take all of us together. To stop evaluating out of our selfishness and our pride. To stop evaluating, now oh, is it gonna be good? Is it not gonna be good? I really wonder what would happen, my friends, if we got so hungry for Jesus that we expected him to move, that we expected him to heal, that we expected him to set free, that we expected his presence to show up, that we expected, like this woman did, to push through the crowd and not worry about those around us. I can just see this woman who's suffering from bleeding, just elbowing her way through because she was desperate for a miracle. Are you desperate today? Here's, here's what I think if revival is truly going to come, if we're really going to see a move of the Spirit like we've never seen before, this is what I think it's going to take. I think it's going to be us taking all of our anxieties, all of our fears, all of the questions, all of the unknown, all of the, uh, of the angst, all of the fear of the future, all of the order, and we have to put it in our hands before Him and say, Jesus, we want you. So I just want to give you a minute all over this house. What did you walk in here with today? What do you need to put in your hands before the Father? You take a moment right now all over this house, and then I'm going to pray for us. Ask the Spirit to speak to you. Spirit, what do I need to lay down? What expectations am I coming in with? What am I evaluating instead of experiencing? Where am I becoming the judge?
Jesus, we love you. Jesus, we love you. More of you, God. Holy Spirit, have your way in this house. Now here's what I want you to do. In the same way that you just gave God all the junk, I want you to ask him for something. What have you been asking him for? What miracle do you need to see in your life today? What hurt have you been carrying? What anxiety are you living in? What depression are you living in? What physical healing do you need today? He's not scared of it. Be bold. Ask him for a miracle today. Father, we give you every ounce of who we are. Father, we don't want another service. Father, we don't want another good song. We don't want another good message. Father, we want an encounter with you, God. God, unleash a new generation of revivalists. Release a new generation that have had a sweet encounter, that have reached out and touched your robe. Holy Spirit, we want you. We give you every ounce of who we are. We take off all restraint, all of our anxieties, all of our fear, and we place it at your feet. to move in your life and we have been faithfully praying for these each week I have one here this may be you this says the mountain that needs to be moved in my life is faith I am in a battle to see real faith in myself to pray and believe it because I prayed another one that has been breaking my heart ever since I read it and I've held on to it. It says, I don't know how to love Jesus, but I am sure as heck scared of hell. These three remain, faith, hope, and love. And the greatest of these is love. tell you this morning, if you are in your mind thinking, I gotta go, don't. Don't leave. 
I just know God is calling us to something right now. And it's a little scary, but I, am keep tell I keep telling myself, perfect love cast out fear. So here we go. God is asking right now. He is asking me this question. He's asking you. I hear it. Who needs healing? Who needs healing right now? Because you cannot waste this opportunity. Why not go deeper? Why not experience the best thing you could ever have in your life right now? Why not start right now? We're so excited to have Corey and the guys here. I mean, they're awesome, but that's not why we're here. It's to encounter Jesus like never before. Are you hungry for it? Are you thirsty for it? Right now is the time to eat and to drink together. We're here together. I'm just gonna tell you, we have permission right now from Dr. Wright that we can stay here in this place. So listen to me, listen to me. We have people that Charlie Alcock talked to and that our team we talked to. If you could come to the front, professors, pastors, whoever we talk to, please come to the front. They're gonna be lined up here to the sides. Zach will be here. If you need healing, don't stay in your seat. Perfect love cast out fear. He loves you. Don't be afraid to ask for what you need. There are people who need physical healing, mental healing, emotional healing. Maybe you need healing in your relationship with Jesus himself. We've heard some really big prayers being prayed. If you want to come forward and share really briefly what God is doing and the victories that you have, we ask you to lift up his power by sharing that testimony. So if you want to do that right now, please come forward. We've got two mics to hear what God's doing. We've got a story right here. All right, so um, I went over Easter break and I, I, I watched I Can Only Imagine the movie. Um, and, and in that movie, um, his, his father was um, at, at, at the low, like terrible. And, and during that movie, only one person came to my mind, and that's my brother. My brother is, 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 like, is like no one else, once is involved with drugs, once he's an athlete, but he doesn't know what he's doing with his life right now. And, <laughs> and, uh, and during that whole movie, he came to my mind, and, and I was praying, and I was bawling during the whole movie. Um, and then, <laughs> hold on, hold on. And then <laughs> um, I got home and I started praying, um, and I told him about it. He didn't think much of it. So <laughs> right when I got right before I was leaving college, he came up to me, <laughs> and he told me he was like, he was like KJ, how do I follow Jesus Christ like you do? I need you to show me how to follow Jesus Christ like you do. So I need, I need y'all to give God some praise for that because this man's life has changed right now. Like if y'all think in that movie how bad he was, that's how my brother is and I need him to be like that because I don't want to go to heaven without him. I don't want to go to heaven without him. So two months ago, I had uh, I encountered the Lord in a dream, and uh, in that dream, I was standing exactly where I'm, I was standing over there in the chapel, and I saw 
3,500 kids from across the nation coming here for fusion. And I saw a, um, a cloud of fire over the, over the kids. And I felt the, the, I heard this one word that the father said. He said, catalyst. And I felt like the Lord, and as soon as he said catalyst, there were thousands of kids that came rushing to the, to the altar. And I, we've been praying. We've been fasting to see revival sweep through the nation. And I feel like today is the day that this starts. And I've seen it already in this campus. Today, in this moment, hundreds of kids coming to rededicate their life to Jesus and to find healing in their wounds. So yeah, that's the mountain moved. And I feel like it's going to happen again tonight. And it's going to keep happening. It's going to be an outpouring like the Osbury revival that happened at Osbury University. So um, paying for college is something that stresses you out, stressed me out. And I had $3,500 out of pay in order to come back next semester. And I didn't know how I was going to pay it. And it was looking like I wasn't going to be able to. Me and a group of friends, we started praying hard. Prayed a lot. And I went into student account services to try and make some kind of payment arrangement. And they said, it's been taken care of. That's a real mountain. That is a real mountain. That's a miracle. There was miracles over here to the right. People were set free over here. There was a miracle over here to the left. People found forgiveness. Those are miracles. I didn't really believe in miracles for a long time. I kind of alluded to it last month, but it's like I got the degree and I got the theology graduate degree, but it's like miracles were, they were like on the test. It's something that you're supposed to believe in until my daughter fell off the dock between a, a boat, a massive ferry. And when they pulled her out about seven seconds later, everybody was freaking out on the dock except for her. And when we talked to her, and she's five years old, she was super calm. And I asked her, did you see daddy? Did you see me? I was there. And she said, no. All she saw was the teenager girl. There were no teenager girls. Like the blonde teenager girl that told her it would be okay. Five years old. There were like six other people with graduate degrees and doctorates hanging around. It's like, well, that's cute. It wasn't cute. It was real. The next morning, it's like at breakfast, like, hey, Em. Hey, you know, that was kind of cute. It's like, uh, you know. It's like, you know, we were there, mommy and daddy were there, and she was so annoyed with us. She was so annoyed. And she goes, you know, it's like, it was okay. It's like, well, why was it okay? She goes, the teenager girl. The teenager girl told me it was okay. And for the first time, as a pastor for 18 years, I finally really believed in miracles. I finally really 
understood that there's a spiritual realm for the first time. That was my five-year-old daughter that opened the door. I lost something very vital to me. I lost my um, view of what God was. I lost my grandmother. And since December, I have literally just been living, not living with a purpose, just walking. And so I came here with evaluation saying, God, I need you to show me something. If you're real, I need you to literally make yourself clear. So I'm standing back here with my friends and I'm like, God, I literally need your reckless love to hit over me like a mighty rushing wind. So I'm sitting back there and um, there's a part of the song where it goes, no mountain you climb up. There's no shadow you won't light up. And literally I got a vision from God and it was almost to the fact of since my grandmother's death, I've been running. I've been running. I've been running as fast as I can away from him. And I'm standing there and I said, God, I'm tired of running. And then he goes and then he sings that song, um, I'm running back with my arms out wide. And that is a mountain. That is the mountain that is moving in my life. Because once you know something about grief, grief keeps you stuck. Grief puts locks on your arms and grief puts locks on your ankles. And I wanna say that I am free. <laughs> I am free. So that's it, thank you. So uh, I just transferred here this semester, and uh, you know I'm I'm from Virginia, so I'm like live 12 hours away from here, so I don't really know anybody. Uh, but uh, I was at a secular college before this, and uh, you know I wasn't really living my life for the Lord. I've grown up in the church and everything. Uh, a lot of my family is in the church, uh, and uh, you know I just got to a place at that school where I was just so alone and sad and depressed, and I just looked to try and find happiness in anything I could. And I just couldn't find it anywhere. And, you know, I was so depressed. And I came to a point one day where I was just driving down the road and I heard the song Love So Great on the radio. And that song just spoke to me. And in that moment, God spoke to me about how great his love is and that I can have the happiest life and the most joy in the world in his name. And as that happened, I started over the next couple of weeks to start reading my Bible more and praying more. And I just got really close to the Lord. And then... Um, I already, my parents wanted me to come here, but I didn't really pay much attention. Um, but then the Lord asked me, he said, do you trust me? And I said, I trust you. And he said, I want you to go to IWU. And I said, okay, I will. And about a week later after that, he said, I want you to change, change your major. I want you to go into the ministry and serve me in the ministry. And I said, okay, Lord, I trust you. So I transferred here, changed my major to serve God in the ministry. And I can tell you honestly, since coming here has been the happiest I've ever been in my life. I'm completely changed. I mean, I've just seen God do amazing, incredible things in my life. Wow.